0: Hi friends, welcome back to Nate Talks to his friends about Jesus. I hope you're doing well. Okay, we've been talking about what Jesus does to rescue us from the separation we all experience from God and, and how he rescues us from sin and death. Today we're going to put all the counts together of this final kind of stage here and let the story speak for itself. Okay, you ready? So, leaving the trial with the Sanhedrin, it says the whole multitude of them arose And when they had bound Jesus, they led him to Pilate. Meanwhile, Judas, the one who had betrayed Jesus, when he saw that Jesus was condemned, repented and brought himself again to brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I've sinned. I've betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to it. So Judas throws down the pieces of silver in the temple and went and hanged himself. And they lead Jesus from Caiaphas's place to the Pilate's Hall of Judgment. And it's early in the morning and the the Jewish leaders don't go into the Hall of Judgment lest they should be defiled. Isn't that so crazy how like obedience to the letter of the law can mess us up. Like they are setting somebody else up to die, to be murdered, but they still see themselves as obedient and righteous and free from going into defilement. Man, I I want us to be careful of doing the same mindset, right? So Pilate meets them outside of the hall of judgment. And he says to the the Jewish leaders, what accusation bring you against this man? And they're like, we found this fellow perverting the nation, forbidding to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ a king. And the Pilate's like, okay, then you take him and judge him according to your law. And the Jews say to him, it's not lawful for us to put any man to death. So Pilate's like, okay, this must be serious. So they enter into the judgment hall with Jesus. And he says to Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Because that's the claim against him, right? And Jesus answers, Sayest thou this thing of thyself? Or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate says, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you unto me. What have you done? And Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate says, so are you a king? And Jesus replies, thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And Pilate's like, what is truth? And kind of ends the conversation on that point. And, but he goes out to the Jews and he's like, I find no fault in this man. Uh, he's not, we're not putting him to death. Um, And and moreover, like when he he sits down in the judgment seat, Pilate's wife says, have nothing to do with this just man, Jesus, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. And so Pilate is just like saying to the leaders of the Jews, I'm finding no fault in him. But the Jewish leaders are like all the more fear, saying, He's stirring up the people, teaching throughout all of the Jews, beginning from Galilee, clear down here to Jerusalem. And when Pilate hears the phrase Galilee, he's like, so is this dude a Galilean? And as soon as he knows that he is actually not from his judicial jurisdiction, He's actually from the judicial jurisdiction of Herod, who rules over the area of Galilee. Well, he sends, and remember, this is not Herod who tried to kill Jesus as a baby. That's Herod's dad. He's long since died. Uh, this is his son, right? Like Herod, the great son. And Herod has wanted to meet Jesus for a long time, and he's so glad that, that Pilate sends him over. Because he's heard that Jesus can do miracles and he wants to see a miracle. And so he questions Jesus, but Jesus answers Herod, nothing. And the whole time the chief priests are standing by just vehemently accusing Jesus. Um, But Jesus says nothing. And so Jesus mocks him arrays him in a gorgeous robe, beats him, and sends him back to Pilate. And, and this whole episode kind of helps the relationship of Pilate and Herod before they were, were kind of opposed to one another, but this kind of mutual working together helps them out. But Pilate's still like, well, what am I going to do with this guy? And, and he's like, I, I've examined him and I've found no fault in this man. And Herod examined him and found no fault in him. There is nothing worthy of death in all of Jesus. I'm going to beat him and release him. Honestly, you have a custom that I should release on the Passover one prisoner. Therefore, I'm going to release the king of the Jews. And they say, no, not Jesus, but Barabbas. Barabbas, it says, is a robber. He had made insurrection, a, a revolution, and he'd committed murder in this insurrection. So we got a, a, this guy named Barabbas. Bar Abba means son of a father. It's a way to say he's a bastard, no father. And it's this really interesting, purposeful contrast between a, a, a murderer with no father and the perfect son of the father. It's really subtle. And Pilate is like, well, then if you want Barabbas, what do I do with Jesus? And they cried out, crucify him. And Pilate says, why? What evil has he done? And they cried out more exceedingly, crucify him. And then Pilate takes Jesus and he scourges him. Now scourging is whipping with this whip that has many different strands on it. And woven into these strands are lead weights and broken pieces of bone. And they're designed to hit, bruise the skin and then break the softened skin and tear it open. By the time you're done being scourged, you would have been shredded. Everything from the shoulders to the calves, they would have even wrapped around and hit on his chest. After he is beaten so severely, the soldiers, to mock him as a king, give him a crown, not of gold or silver, but rather of painful thorns. And they press it on his head and dress him in a sacred purple robe. And they say, Hail, King of the Jews! And they punch him in the face with the hands. And they say, Prophesy who hit you. And after he is just beaten, he's been beaten by the Sanhedrin. He's been beaten by Herod. He's now been beaten by Pilate's man. His skin is just a mess from head to toe. This is after bleeding in the Garden of Gethsemane. His face is swollen and broken. This is where Isaiah says, you are not going to find anything attractive in him. And he brings him out in this just broken state. And Pilate says to the crowd, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. He's he's there standing in the crown of thorns. and, And Pilate says, Behold the man. Look at him. He's a mess. Look at him. Just let him go. And when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify him. Crucify him. And Pilate in response says, take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And the Jews answers, we have a law and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. And When Pilate heard him saying this, he was more afraid and he he turns to Jesus and he says, where are you from? And Jesus doesn't an answer. And Pilate's like, S- d- why aren't you talking to me? Don't you understand that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And Jesus like, you couldn't have any power against me except it were given for my father. And he that delivered me unto thee, he's got the greater sin referring to Judas. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him But the Jews cried out, if you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar. Going back to this thing that he's trying to overthrow Caesar, that he's the true king. And and he's like, we will let them know. And when Pilate hears this, he brings Jesus forth. And um, they cry out, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate, just one more time, shall I crucify your king? And in response, they say, we have no king but Caesar. Betraying their, oh, betraying everything. So Pilate washes his hands of the whole thing. Says, see ye to it. They lead Jesus away to be crucified, place a cross upon his back. Now, usually this healthy, fit man who grew up as a carpenter could have taken this piece of wood up and down a hundred times a day. But he is spent. As it says in the, the Psalms that he is poured out like water. He, he, everything is sucked out of him. He stayed up all night fasting, losing blood, being beaten on like five different occasions, he has nothing left. He can't carry it. So the soldiers compelled a man named Simon a Cyrenian, who was just passing by. And then this interesting phrase is added, the father of Alexander and Rufus to bear the cross. It's one of the evidences of the authenticity of the story. Those hearing the story at the time could fact check it. They could travel the the well worn roads of of Rome and go see Alexander and Rufus. And they're followed after Jesus as he's trudging towards Golgotha, a great company of people. And the women were following and were just wailing and lamenting. And Jesus turns around in his face swollen and bruised, bleeding down, his back shredded. And in what w- must have been a haunting prophecy, says, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. Prophesying the destruction of Jerusalem to come, it's got to be a haunting, it's got to be unnerving. And when they were come to the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull, they gave him a drink of wine mingled with myrrh, designed to help with pain, but he receives it not. And then they crucified him. Now crucifixion is a masterpiece in Roman torture. It's designed for maximum agony over the longest period of time. It's so bad a new word was invented just to talk about this new level of suffering. Excruciating. EX meaning out of. And cruciate the cross. Here's how it goes down. You take the hand and you drive the nail through the hand. But it's not just through the hand which is bad enough. Like flex your fist right now. See how agile it is. It's because the, it's so agile, it's able to move so freely because of all of the little muscles and all the nerves and sensitivities in the hand, so they they find where these nerves come together, and they punch the nail right through that nerve bundle and The pain was so agonizing, so bad at first, that they found out in their earlier experiments with this torture that the victim would straight tear their own flesh right through the the hand to relieve the pressure on that nerve so they would drive a second nail in between the two bones of the forearm right above the wrist to lock the hand in place in this excruciating pain then they did the same with the feet so you're in this astounding amount of pain but no veins are cut no vital organs are damaged your brain and spinal cord are still intact So how do you die? Well, the pain clenches in the hand and causes the muscles in your arm to start to cramp like a muscle spasm or a charley horse. And they lock up. And then this cramping eventually spreads to your shoulders and your chest. Once the the muscles in your chest and diaphragm lock up, you can't breathe The only way to relieve the suffering is to stand on the nail driven through your feet and try and unpinge the muscles and gasp for air. This can go on and does go on for hours and sometimes days. And ultimately, you will be too exhausted to stand and you will drown on dry land. You will asphyxiate in agony With air all around you, while others watch and laugh. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And this title is read by the Jews. It's written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. and So the the chief priests go to Pilate and they say, you shouldn't write the king of the Jews, but you should write, he he said, I am king of the Jews. And Pilate's just like, what I have written, I have written. Jesus, as he hangs there, says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the soldiers that had crucified Jesus took his garments. Because clothing, like, I don't think we get this in a time of Amazon fulfillment. Like, this is an expensive process to, to get clothing. You, you don't have multiple pairs of clothes, so they're going to make use of his clothing. He has a, a coat that is, is knit without seams. It's woven through the whole garment. It's a, it's a great piece of craftsmanship with no seams in it. And so they they decide not to tear up the coat, but rather they gamble or cast lots for whose the coat should be, right? And Jesus is hanging between two thieves, one on the right and another on the left. And one of the thieves rails on him saying, if you are really Christ, save yourself and save us. And the other answered saying, don't you fear God? God. Seeing we're all in the same condemnation? And we're here justly. We deserve to be here. But this man has done nothing to miss. And he turns to Jesus and he says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Take him at his words there. Now, the cross is relatively low. Sometimes in our paintings, we have it up high, kind of for the majesty of Christ. But in reality, uh, people would walk by almost on the eye level and be able to spit on you and mock you. And people are there just shaking their heads at Jesus and, he, and, and just saying to his face, you claim to destroy the temple and build it up in three days? Well, save yourselves. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. And the chief priests say things like, You saved others, but you can't save yourself. Cute. If you really were the king of Israel, you could come down. And if you did that, we would believe you. You trusted in God to deliver you. Where's your God now? You said you were the son of God. Where's your God? Now, from the sixth hour, that's noon. There was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. So from noon till 3 p.m. It's just dark and stormy. Standing by the cross is Jesus' mother. And when Jesus sees his mother, and he sees John, he says to his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Now, they're not literally siblings here. In other words, he's kind of saying to John, Behold, thy mother, take care of my mom. Like even in, in agony, he's thinking about others. And, and it may be like from what we see in other parts, John seems well connected with the more bougie parts of the, the Jewish culture. Maybe he's a little well, more well off. Maybe he's more capable of taking care of Jesus, his mom, whatever. But um, from that hour on, John takes Mary into his own home and takes care of her and after this jesus says i thirst oh what a vibrant image into his descent into full humanity and so they they take some vinegar and vinegar is a a common roman drink you usually take wine that has gone bad aged into vinegar and mix it with water uh, it's basically less nutritious and less tasty than wine. It's a drink for soldiers and poor people. It's like soldier Roman Gatorade that t- tastes terrible. And they try and give it to him after he says he thirst. And about three o'clock, Jesus cries out after this moment. And he says, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachani, my God. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the rest that are watching say, he's praying, let's see if Elias will come to save him. But right after that, Jesus cries with a loud voice and says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. It is finished. And he bows his head and gives up the ghost. And the veil of the temple is rent in twain from the top to the bottom, this great symbol of the opening of the gates of hell, the victory of God, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Now there's a Roman soldier, a centurion, an officer is standing watching this. And he sees this, he says, truly, this man was the son of God. Now it's getting late. You remember the Sabbath day begins at evening, around 6 o'clock. So 3, 4 here. They they go to Pilate and they say, we don't want people getting crucified on the Sabbath day. They're okay murdering people, but you shouldn't violate the Sabbath day. So they ask Pilate to break the legs. Do the merciful thing and let's break their legs so that they asphyxiate quicker. And Pilate cut because these people are causing so much trouble already. And the soldiers come and they break the legs of the first robber and then of the third robber. But when they come to Jesus, they notice that he's already dead, which is kind of surprising. So just to check and make sure they stab him. And when the spear pierces his side, there comes out blood and water. And then Joseph of Arimathea he goes to Pilate and he asks him if he can take the body. Pilate's kind of surprised that he's already found dead, and he he certifies this with the officer, the centurion overseeing the execution, and the centurion confirms. And so Pilate concedes and gives Joseph of Arimathea the body. And so they they go and they 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 don't have a lot of time until the Sabbath. Right, It gets dark here around 6, and so they've got to be completely done and back home by 6. So as the Sabbath draws near, they take the body to a garden that is just right there near Golgotha. It's a brand new sepulcher um, where nobody has ever been buried before. And Joseph of Arimathea brings in fine linen, and they take Jesus down and they wrap him in the linen. They laid him in the sepulcher. It's this rock stone sepulcher and that's really close. And then they roll this great stone to the door of the sepulcher and they depart. Um, and then there, there's also like just in this whole situation, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Joseph, Nicodemus, They they anoint him hastily with some ointments to kind of prepare for the burial. But mostly it's just a rush job and they put him in. Now, the, the next day, um, this Sabbath day, the chief priests and the Pharisees come together and they go to Pilate and they're like, Pilate, we remember Jesus said, while he was alive, after three days I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure. I want you to guard it, Pilate, for three days because we think his disciples are going to come and steal his body and say he's risen from the dead. So Pilate gives them a watch and says, make it as sure as you can. So they go to the sepulcher with the guards, seal the stone, set a watch. And that's it. It looks like the end of the story. The creator, God himself, come to save us, didn't make it. It looks like it's game over. It's got to be crushing for those who are watching. But it also makes the twist that is about to come all the more stunning. He's just started the final stage of his rescue mission. Good things are coming. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.